Our epistle reading today comes from the book of 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 8 through 15. Remember Jesus Christ raised from the dead, a descendant of David, that is my gospel, for which I suffer hardship, even to the point of being chained like a criminal. But the word of God is not chained. Therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the elect, so that they also so that they may also obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. The saying is true. If we have died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he will deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. Remind them of this. And warn them before God that they are to avoid wrangling over words, which does no good but only ruins those who are listening. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved by him, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly explaining the word of truth. May God bless the reading of the word. Thanks be to God. Well, we are in week two of our stewardship series called Inherited Wisdom. We're using the image of our fountain that's in our courtyard to think about how wisdom emanates first from God and then from maybe our parents or our grandparents. It runs down to us, and then we get to choose how we will pass along the things we've received to other people. So throughout this series, we're asking these two questions. What have I inherited, and what do I pass along as an inheritance? Each year during stewardship, we focus on the five vows that people make when they join the United Methodist Church. We ask you to be faithful to God through your prayers, your presence, your gifts, your service, and your witness. We make this vow not only when we join the church, but we reaffirm it anytime someone else joins the church too. We say we reaffirm our vows to be faithful in these ways. Last week was all about the importance of prayer. And I want to thank George Hardesty and Debbie Richards who shared about the power of prayer in their life and how they are currently passing it on. And of course today I want to thank Banks Ladd at the 9 o'clock service and Joe Stewart who has shared about the power of presence in their lives. So what does it mean to be present? This is one of the five vows we ask people to make when they join the church. But why does it matter whether or not you, as an individual, are present in this community? In our scripture for today, Paul is writing directly to Timothy, a young mentee of his who is leading a church. And he is telling him about the importance of remembering and reminding the origin of these two words are very similar, and they're both connected to the word mnemonic. You might think of a mnemonic device, and this is like a word or phrase that helps us recall or retain information. So this remembering and reminding that Paul is teaching Timothy is anchored in Paul's summary of the gospel, which he writes about in verse... Eight, he says, Jesus Christ raised from the dead a descendant of David. And this short summary condenses everything that he believes about the gospel. That Jesus is the Christ, the anticipated Messiah, 
that Jesus is the descendant of David, the anointed rightful king of Israel, and that Jesus' Christship and kingship are defined by the resurrection. Now, if I had to guess, looking out in this room, I would feel pretty comfortable saying that all of you have heard this before, that the resurrection is what changes everything. It is the story upon which our stories hinge. But like Dr. Wacob preached last week, when was the last time you allowed the knowledge of the resurrection to move from your head into your heart? When was the last time you allowed yourself to be filled with awe and wonder that the God of the universe would die on a cross so that we could be present with him one day in eternity? Part of being Christ followers means that we need to be constantly reminded of this truth because humans are historically not very good at remembering things. There's something about being present in the Christian community that can help us remember so that we can remind. I feel really blessed and lucky to have grown up in a church that emphasized the importance of presence from a young age. My mom grew up in a strong United Methodist family, and so when she married my dad, who is a United Methodist pastor, it made sense that they would be at church every week. But to be clear, my mom would have been at church every week, even if she hadn't married a minister. But being born into the itinerant system means that we were, again, at church every week, but it wasn't always the same church. Before going into fifth grade, I had moved five times. So when I moved for fifth grade, this was my fifth new church with new people, a new environment, a lot of newness, a lot of adapting, a lot of change. And some of you know that on top of this, my dad was also terminally ill at the time. He was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease at 35 years old, and that was 18 days before I was born that he was given this diagnosis. And me being the firstborn in the family, I can only imagine how that must have felt for my parents with this realization. So throughout my life, he, his health declined steadily. And this was just something that was a part of my norm. I didn't know it was unusual. But when I look back now and consider that these two things were happening at the same time, this constant being in church with all the change that, had, that it had in it, and that my dad was sick and constantly getting sicker, I can see more clearly the source of strength that my mom was for my family. My mom, for my sister, my dad, and I, was the caretaker. She was the appointment maker. She was the homework checker, the medicine distributor, the discipliner, the driver, the meal maker, She had to do it all. She was a constant, steady force of love and compassion for my family. Her love and presence held us together when everything could have fallen apart. At home, I got to witness her being present with my dad as her husband got sicker and sicker until he eventually passed away. But I didn't only learn the importance of presence from my mom at home, because she also enforced this by making sure we were in Christian community. 
Because even after my dad had the deep brain stimulation surgery and his head was wrapped in the big bandage, he went to church that Sunday. And I think about even after my dad had to go on medical leave when he could no longer preach, when he was no longer required to be there, we were at church every Sunday. And I consider even the Sunday after he died, we went to church. When everything else in my life was changing, and I mean everything, church was the only thing that was consistent. Yes, we moved a lot, and the church may not have been the same, but you know what was? The songs were the same. The Bible was the same. The creeds were the same. And all this sameness gave me great comfort that maybe, just maybe, God was the same. I feel so grateful that my mom instilled in me the importance and the power of presence, not only with my dad, my sister, and I at home, but also in the church. <clears throat> you know, I, I called her this weekend because <clears throat> I knew this would make me emotional talking about this. And I wanted to go ahead and get it out there so that maybe I could cry with her on the phone rather than to all of you. And what was so awesome, we did cry together, but she immediately gave all of the credit to everybody who came before her. This wisdom that she has passed down to me, she said, oh, that's because I learned it from my parents. That's because of the support system I had. That's because of the church we were in. And I thought, what a great example she has been for me and continues to be for me. Presence is powerful. There's something that happens when you are present in a place, when you're consistently present in a Christian community like this one. Because even if you're not totally bought in or paying attention or here for the right reasons, somehow, over time, the words start to seep into you. There's something like osmosis. You start to know the stories. You start to hum the songs. And maybe you start to feel the steady presence of God, which is in that place. The church at its best is a tangible expression of God's love for the world. It is the place that we can come to be reminded of this grand story that's still being told. Paul believes this to be true, so much so that he has dedicated his life to teaching others about the gift of Christ and teaching other people to teach other people. We who read alongside Timothy get to receive this wisdom. In verses 11 through 13, Paul quotes what was likely a Christian hymn at the time. The first three lines have a reciprocal nature. If we have died with him, we live with him. If we endure, we will reign. If we deny him, he will deny us. But then something changes in verse 14. It says, if we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. Remind them of this. A paradox of the love of God is that God remains faithful even if we are faithless, ready to, be, ready to speak, ready to be heard, no matter how we respond. This is the amazing nature of our God, who spoke creation into being, and even when sin entered into the world, did not leave us to our own devices, but became small. 
as small as a fetus inside the womb of a woman, was born taking on flesh, living a full human life, was beaten, died, and was resurrected so that we could be present with him in eternity. This is our God, our God who is faithful, no matter even if we turn away. We have a sacrament in the United Methodist Church that celebrates just this, Holy Communion. Our liturgy is based on the Last Supper that Jesus shared with his disciples. They were gathered around the table as they would do during Passover, and Jesus began to teach them about this provision he was making for them through the breaking of the bread and the giving of the wine. He said that those things were to represent his body and his blood when he was no longer with them. And he told them, I want you to do this in remembrance of me. For thousands of years, Christians have done just this. Possibly your parents, your grandparents, their grandparents have used this same liturgy to remember what this is all about. In different locations all around the world with different languages, with unique types of bread and juice, Christians remember the sacrifice that Jesus made. And today on World Communion Sunday, we have an opportunity to consider that through the power of the Holy Spirit, we are connected not only to God, but to Christians around the world and to the communion of saints, all of those who have passed on wisdom to us, whom we have inherited this gift of faith from. While it begins as just normal bread and juice, we believe that when the Holy Spirit comes into this place, when we pray over those elements, that the real presence of Christ enters into them, and they are no longer ordinary, anything but ordinary. They are able to sustain us and strengthen us as we go out into the world. So maybe the real presence of God, which is in communion elements, can help us to be present with other people. Because if the God of the universe can lower himself to the point of human so that we can feel the importance of presence, maybe we too can be present with other people. So to sum it all up, why does it matter? Why does it matter that you are here? Well, number one, it matters for your spiritual growth. We want you here, not for numbers, not for optics, but because there is something special that happens in Christian community that you just cannot get on your own. Yes, of course, you can pray, you can read scripture, you can be dedicated to God at home. And these things are important, this individual personal devotion. But when you are gathered together with the community of faith and the communion of saints, we are reminded of the powerful community to which we are a part. Your soul is enriched in Christian community. Number two, other people need you here. You may feel like it doesn't matter to others whether or not you are here, but I promise presence is not only for your spiritual growth, but also for ours. When you are not here, we feel your absence. Something is not complete. Simply put, we are not whole without you. And number three, your presence matters because God is faithful to meet you here. Romans chapter 8 says that there is nothing that can separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus. The love of God will never give up on you. 
It doesn't matter where you've been or what you've done. The steady, enduring, constant love of God will continue pursuing you all the days of your life. And all we have to do is receive it. It's through our presence with others that we can remember what the love of God is like, that we can feel the love of God through each other's tangible presence, and that we can be empowered to tell others about this life-changing truth. So what have you inherited, and what do you pass along as an inheritance? I invite you to prayerfully consider how God is calling you to be present as we look towards the new year. And may we all choose to be present with one another in God. In the name of God, our creator, redeemer, and sustainer. Amen.